You're listening to Behind the Red Shield, a podcast produced by the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South. I'm your host, Camille Connor. The purpose of this podcast is to go behind the scenes and hear from the people doing the daily work to achieve the Salvation Army's mission, which is to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. In this episode, I talk with Memphis Area Commander Major Lori Hunter. We went back in time to discuss when she first became involved in the Salvation Army as a child. And we talked about some of the programs she leads in the Memphis area, including the Angel Tree Program, which provides Christmas gifts to thousands of children and seniors in our community. Let's get into the episode. I'm joined right now by Memphis Area Commander Major Lori Hunter. Thank you for joining us today. And so, of course, the purpose of this podcast is to highlight um, the resources and services that the Salvation Army of Memphis provides but also to shine a light behind the Red Shield um, towards the people who make the Salvation Army's mission happen. So before we jump into all the work that you do for the Salvation Army and, of course, Memphis, um, I want to talk about, you know, I want to rewind a bit and talk about when you were first introduced to the Salvation Army. When when did that moment happen. Well, thank you for having me. I, I believe it started when I was about six. I was one of those kids that got picked up on the bus. I had a neighbor who I went to school with that invited me to a Salvation Army youth program. So that's kind of how I got connected. I was connected until I was about 13 and I moved away, moved a little further out. So I was not as connected. And then when, after I was married, my husband and I started going back we were probably 22, 23 uh, when we started reconnecting ourselves to the Salvation Army. But I started at about six. Wow. And so for those who don't know, uh, many officers in the Salvation Army are married and you guys have moved up to the point where you're area commanders, as I said, here in Memphis and your titles are major. You're married to Major Mark Hunter and you guys uh, got here to the Memphis Area Command last year. So you've been here for a little over a year, right? right? Um, So can you tell us about that transition of you and Major Mark, you know, starting to be involved when you guys were in your 20s? and starting to be involved in the ministry of the Salvation Army all the way to this point now where you're our leaders here. Can you talk about that sure. that transition? We, again, we were probably in our mid to early 20s. We went back as a young family. We had our daughter at the time. And uh, that was the connection we made. We, we were soldiers. We were not officers. We were just part of the congregation. We were part of the... Uh, those individuals that met to worship at the Salvation Army. So we did that. We were leaders at our local Salvation Army. We led the young people. We led Sunday school. We were just part of that local leadership. And after about 10, 12 years, we felt a calling that, you know, God's calling us to full-time ministry. We both had full-time jobs. In fact, after Uh, About seven or eight years, I began working for the Salvation Army just as an employee, and I did that for eight years before we went into the College for Officers training to become officers. 
and, and my husband had worked for the same company for 15 years. So it was kind of a process for us to, are we really hearing God say full-time ministry? But when we opened our hearts and our minds to it, and we understood that, yes, that was exactly what God was calling us to do, then we kind of moved forward with that. But we were local leaders for about 12 years before we ever became um, officers. Yeah, and, you know, I also want to talk about um, what was it with the Salvation Army that made you all want to stay with it and and involve your children into it why you know you can you can choose many churches right Right. many organizations so what was it about the salvation army that made you guys want to continue um, sticking with it and raising your family in this organization i think it's the people i think um god has just a way of working through the salvation army to reach people i love the fact that i am that conduit between those in the community that are able to help and to be a support and to lead the community and the people who need help who are also part of the community but struggle whether it's financially or emotionally or uh, just with knowledge on how to raise their kids I just love being that middle person that go between to be able to do both to, to interact with both and to minister to both but I just always, always have always, let's redo that. Mm-hmm. I have always felt God's calling on my life to serve the underserved, to work with the people that um, maybe society has said, you know, we don't accept you the way that they should be. I've always felt that I was maybe even a part of that. I, I love to consider everybody that we work with as my people those are my people those are those are God's people and I want to love those people the same way that God loves those people the same way that God loves me I want to love them first um, John 4 19 says I love because he first loved me and when I accepted God's love for me that meant I was charged to go love other people and in my eyes those that need love are the underserved are the ones in our shelter the ones that are struggling to provide for their children those are god's people yeah and you know as an area commander you guys spend your time you know keeping tabs on everything that's happening in this um, area so you spend time at the purdue center of hope which is our women's shelter you spend time at uh, the croc center which is our community center And can you tell me what it's like to uh, manage those places as well as minister to the people who are seeking service in those places? Well, it's hard because it's a lot of work. We do work hard, but it is all about the people. It's about surrounding ourselves with people that can come alongside us and join in that ministry. Um, Perfect examples of that is Lieutenant Roddy and her area of ministry is at the Purdue Center. She does such a good job of ministering to the people there in the Purdue Center. And then we have Major Jackson, uh, Major Ray Jackson and Captain Shalonda Jackson. Their area of ministry is at the Croc Center. So we can oversee the operations of the Purdue Center and oversee the operations of the Croc Center and rely on them to do that important ministry work with the people that are there. 
But it, again, it all boils down to people uh, having the right staff in place, the right officers in place, and just knowing that we have a part to play in that. Yes. And um, can you also talk about some of the other locations where you guys have been officers and talk about what it's like to have to start to understand the needs of that specific community. Right. We have, we served 10 years in North and South Carolina. We had um, six appointments in North and South Carolina over those 10 years. Then we served four years in um, Mississippi where we were divisional staff at the Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi division. We were there four years, and then of course we've been here um, for a year. When we were in the Carolinas, we were Corps officers. We were we had a church, the Salvation Army Church, that we uh, did everything that we would do as a church. We would uh, preach, we would do Sunday school, we would do Bible studies, we would care for our congregants just like any other pastor would, but we also ran shelters. Uh, we also had to fundraise uh, for to support our programs in that. We have, in our last core appointment as core officers, we also had a Catherine Booth Garden Apartments that we overseen, and that was 82 apartments for seniors that we oversaw saw the complex, the staffing, and, of course, were responsible for the ministry that took place there. But uh, we've done a little bit of everything, every community, that we've been in looks different. The Salvation Army uh, responsibilities in that community were different. It was based on what the needs were in that local community. Here in this community in Memphis, it's really big in sheltering. Um, a huge shelter here with women and children and all the wraparound services, it's just so beautiful to come in and see. I've never seen anything like it just uh, here, just the way it functions and the way we can wrap around these women and these women with children and give them every opportunity that they need to succeed and then in other places it's just been different it's been whether it's the senior housing or it's just been a, a big presence for in a community for food and clothing so whatever the needs are in this, the community that's where the, the Salvation Army steps in and says this is where we can help this is our part in making this community better yeah and um, I want to dive deeper into, you know, the ministry aspect. You guys hold chapel as well as, you know, take out our mobile canteen throughout the city to serve and feed um, people who are unhoused. But, you know, what is it like building those relationships with people, whether they're in chapel or um, staying at our shelters or um, someone that you meet while you're out on an outing in the mobile canteen, um, how do you go about building those relationships outside of these walls? Well, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's uh, you walk up to someone and you immediately have a relationship. Those relationships are built. Uh, those relationships are built uh, in a way, especially when we're out on the canteen, you run into the same people. We go out once every two weeks. And when, you, when you've seen that person, 10 times or 12 times or 20 times, that's when you start building relationships with them that they can trust you and know that you're not just there to give them a bag of lunch, that you really care about them. That I think it takes time and in investing in that. And then ultimately it all boils down to love. I mean, I'm not out there 
to say, here, let me take my picture with you so that I can prove that I'm out here doing this. It, I'm here because I love those people. And if I'm out there handing you a sandwich and a, a cold bottle of water, it's because I love you. And I want you to recognize that's why I'm there, not uh, for self-motivation or self-lifting um, me up, but to show that Christ loves you. And if that's what they get from it, that's that's all I need is to know that they feel loved by Christ to yeah. be out there. And it's the same way when you build shelter relationships with the women in our shelter. It, you can't just spend five minutes with them and assume that you've built that relationship. I know Lieutenant Roddy does a wonderful job building those relationships with these ladies because she's there for everything with them through the good, through the bad. She's meeting with their children. She's helping them if they have an issue with school. She will be there with them for that. If there's death, if there's loss, um, she's there for them. She's there even after they move out from our shelter and they've got good footing. She's there to just walk alongside of them through life beyond these walls. That's how you build relationships. And that's where we get them to a point that we can speak into their life or that God can speak into their life through us after you've built those relationships. We'd like to take a brief moment to tell our listeners about our annual Red Kettle Kickoff concert. This year's concert will be on November 13th at 5 p.m. at the Croc Community Center. Join us as we launch our Red Kettle campaign to raise funds for families in need. Get into the holiday spirit with musical performances from Stax Music Academy and experience the work of award-winning speed painter Jessica Haas as she creates an original piece live. Guests will also be welcome to refreshments following the concert and will get a chance to bid on Jessica Haas's paintings. Guests are also encouraged to bring a new toy with them that will go towards our Angel Tree program, which provides gifts for hardworking families facing financial hardships. You can find more info and RSVP to our Red Kettle Kickoff concert at SalvationArmyMemphis.org. Let's get back to the episode. And, you know, if people didn't already know, now they know there's so many working parts, so many services that we are um, offering to this community all year round. But what most people probably do know is some of the things we do during Christmas time. So that's me segueing to Christmas. And oh, yeah. we're in a period it's of... It's only September and we're already Yeah, we're in a period of time where it's getting really busy for us. One of, I guess you could call it programs that you are leading is Angel Tree. So if, if someone's never heard of Angel Tree before, could you describe what Angel Tree is? Well, it starts with families coming to us saying, I need help providing for my child or my children for Christmas. And we do an application. They come to us. They bring the documentation they need. We take an application and we put them into our system. Um, we do that for children and for seniors, 65 and older. And then once the applications are done, we'll do that for a week. And then once applications are done, we're, we will have up to 5,000 angels or children or seniors that we will send out to the community and say, hey, we've got these angels and we need your help 
to provide for these for Christmas. And so the mother that comes in with two children, a boy and a girl, we would take their information and let's say their daughter's name is Susan. Susan's name and her sizes and her wish list would be put on a document. Uh, same thing for her son, his name, his size, his clothing size, and his wish list would put on a, be put on a document. And then we would encourage the community, whether it's through going online and adopting an angel online. A lot of organizations will come to us and say, we want to help buy Christmas for 50 children. Um, and so we would give them 50 angels. That's kind of how we refer to them once they're in their, once they're in our system for helping with Christmas. And then the process is they would take those children's information, buy the gifts that they would like to have, return them to a warehouse that we would have set up, and then we will in turn distribute those to the families. The families would come to us, usually the week before Christmas, and pick those gifts up for their children. So that's kind of how the Angel Tree program would work. And it's the same thing for seniors. Uh, we would take the seniors' information, their wish list, and maybe there's organizations that would say, you know, we want to adopt 15 seniors. So we would have their information and provide it to that organization or to an individual. Um, we offer it online that you could go onto our website and choose. You could see the names and the wish lists of the children and, and seniors, and you could just click and say, I want to buy, I want to purchase gifts for that particular angel. And then ultimately it comes down to us getting it to the families for yeah. Christmas. And it's a big undertaking. Last year we helped uh, 5,070 angels. Uh, this year we have not taken applications yet. We will do that in just a few weeks. And then we will know exactly how many we'll be helping this year. Yeah. And I mean, several Salvation Army locations participate in Angel right. Tree. Um, what is the purpose of Angel Tree? What's the goal um, with this process? Well, I think the goal, it would be the same as anything that we do within the Salvation Army, and it's meet human need. Um, and we see that need being through gifts for our children at Christmas, but it's also a way to say, hey, God loves you. God loves you enough to be able to provide this for you through your community. It's the community coming together to show these families that we care about you. We, we care about your children. We care about whether or not on Christmas morning your child wakes up and has something under the Christmas tree. We care about the seniors who may be struggling just for the everyday things that they need, much less the gifts that they would like to have for Christmas or their needs that we try to meet during Christmas. It's a way of showing God's love and to meet that human need. Yeah. And, you know, it is a huge undertaking. I mean, thousands and thousands of people um, getting gifts for this period of time. But, you know, I also want to ask about when it's all said and done, when it comes to distribution day, mm -hmm. what is it like to see those bags of gifts go out? Oh, gosh, it, it is beautiful. It is beautiful because there's so much work that goes into it, not just myself and my staff, but in the community. You know, these the churches that adopt 20 angels, there's a process to get those, to get those congregants to buy those gifts, to get them returned, to get them to us. It's, it's a whole community coming together. And it's almost like the end of the story. It's done. Now these parents have those gifts. But the best part of the story is the 
handing of those gifts to the parents because we don't hand them to the children. We want the children to think that Santa or their parents have provided that, and that's okay with us. But when we hand those gifts to the parents, when they cry, when it's like, oh my gosh, that you did this for me, or I can't believe my kids are going to get this, or, and it's just that that's a beautiful moment. I don't know that it could be any better if I did watch the kids open the gifts because to see those moms who thought their children were not going to get anything all of a sudden just being blessed. I tell people when they come and they fill out an application with us and I'll kid with them and I'll say when you come back to pick your gifts up make sure your car is cleaned out make sure every spot in your car is empty because God's going to bless you big and when you come back to get your toys for your children he's going to bless you big so make lots of room in your car because that's the way they feel and it may not be anything huge but to them it's big it's a big blessing to watch God work in the lives of those people yeah and this is going to be my first year being involved so i'm excited to see that process and see everyone uh, receive those gifts but we are nearing the end of our time um so i also want to ask you know how do you feel about the fact that you have been involved in the salvation army so long i mean how has it blessed your life personally i know we talked about being a blessing to other people but how has it blessed your life and blessed your family's lives the most important thing for me is I live a thankful life. I'm thankful for the health of my children because I see so many families that have just major health issues with their children. I'm just thankful for um, my family, my children, my every every little thing, you know, just having to get up early, but at least God's providing or car trouble, but at least I can have it fixed and, you know, just be living a thankful life. It gives you perspective. It does. It gives me great perspective. And But also, anybody can end up in those situations. Anybody can end up struggling to feed their family. Anybody can end up just in a bad way that you need help. And just so thankful to be able to provide help in a lot of situations. And that, you know, we're we're able to just keep going and just be a blessing. So it's exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Major Lori. Um, thank you for all the work you do. And thank you all for listening to the Behind the Red Shield podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South, you can head to our website at SalvationArmyMemphis.org. There, you'll also find ways to get involved. We have several volunteer opportunities this holiday season, and you can sign up to be an Angel Tree volunteer or a bell ringer for our Red Kettle campaign. All the info is on our volunteer page. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Salvation Army Memphis. Don't forget to join us next week for a brand new episode. You can find it by subscribing to our Salvation Army Memphis YouTube page or subscribing to Behind the Red Shield on iTunes Podcast or Spotify. Thanks for listening.